Amen. Amen. One more hand for the band. Those guys are really great. They work hard. Thank you. Thank you all so much. What a wonderful opportunity. I do want to remind you that directly following this service as well, our nursery, preschool, children, and youth ministry are having a luncheon directly following. If you have any interest in making an impact in the lives of the next generation, this is a wonderful opportunity for you to go there. They will not lock you in a room, and they will not take your blood. Well, Candace, well, there might be some blood, but anyway, uh, no, but we would love for you to join them uh, for that. I will tell you, I went to seminary, got an education, but the most valuable education I ever got was teaching children, especially when it comes to biblical education. 13 years in children's ministry, and I learned more about the Bible than any other time in my life. So if you'd like to be a part of that, please come out to the luncheon and enjoy that. We'll take opportunity for you to be there. Well, this morning, we are continuing in our series called Fully You. And last week we talked about us being made in the image of God, and then we talked about how when you give your heart to Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone, and the new is here. And so learning how to live this new identity isn't easy. So so many of us, we live in a culture that is focused on shame, and it's shame-based. And so when we live in that culture, we learn how to live and operate in that culture. We have to learn to live outside of that culture. Because guilt says there's something wrong. Shame said there's something wrong with you. And Jesus, who comes, gives us a new heart, gives us a new life, says there's nothing wrong with us because we're new creations in Christ. And so today we're going to talk about a topic that I think every single one of us can identify with. We're going to talk about the topic of anger, right? And I already see smiles and laughter already because people know, oh, Jesus, right? Now, don't be tapping your neighbor because I'm talking to you today, all right? Some people are like, you need to get him. You need to get her. But, but we all, no matter who we are, it doesn't matter. You're the nicest person in the world. At some point, you're going to deal with anger. Now, I went and saw the Mr. Rogers movie. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was amazing. Absolutely loved the movie. Mr. Rogers is one of my heroes, uh, just living his real life throughout that whole process. And, and, and he used to teach kids, what do you do with your mad? He would teach them, what do you do with your mad? And some people would think, well, Mr. Rogers doesn't ever get mad. Mr. Rogers said, I do get mad. I get mad too. I have to learn how to deal with my mad. I have to learn how to deal with my anger. And so uh, the guy who was interviewing Mr. Rogers really didn't believe that he was as good as he was, you know. And then he only finds out later that he really is as good as he said he was. Children, family, everybody testified this guy is the real deal. And so one time he asked, well, doesn't he get mad? And his wife said, oh, yeah, he gets mad. He just deals with it differently. He gets angry. But when he gets angry, he swims. He swims every single morning to get all of that out. And one time he was telling the guy who was interviewing me, he said, you know how I deal with it? Sometimes I go to all of the low keys on the piano and I just, <clears throat> he said he just beats on those for a while and he feels better. It's a way to release it. But his wife said one of the most important ways that he deals with life and all the struggles is he prays for people by name. So those three things are his plan of action, how to deal with anger. 
Because we all deal with it differently, but if we don't have a plan, we're going to respond however anger chooses to come out. Now, for us, anger is a threat to our safety, our connection, or empowerment. It's a sign, not a sin. Everybody say, not a sin. As long as we use it correctly. The Bible says you can be angry and sin not. And so it's important for us to understand that anger isn't sin until we start to apply it and how we apply it. So many times anger comes, it's a secondary emotion because it comes from and is produced by fear, right? We get mad as soon as we get afraid. And, and right away anger comes out because what? We're, we're afraid, or we're ashamed, and we don't want anyone to find us out, so we'll be angry, and that anger will make them turn away from us so they don't have to see us and we don't have to talk to them. Or we deal with it in, in, in the way of doubt. We doubt ourselves, and so we're so afraid, we, we, we speak in anger. Most importantly, it's when we feel like we're not in control anymore. When we feel like we're not in control anymore, most of the time we express anger. And that anger can be very destructive for us. And so today we're going to learn from a story in the Bible from Cain and Abel. And what's the greatest way to interpret scripture? With scripture. All my men's Bible study guys know that's what we do. And so as we look at this today, my hope is that you and I are going to get a better understanding of what anger is, how we can apply it, how we can use it to our advantage, and how can we, we can master it and take control of it as God suggests in the Scripture. So I want to read this text to you from Genesis. Genesis chapter 4, uh, verses 3 through 8 says, In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of from of the ground and Abel also brought of the first fruit of his flock and of the fat portions and the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering but for Cain and his offering he had no regard so Cain was very he was very angry and his face fell to the ground the Lord said to Cain why are you angry and why has your face fallen if you do well notice there's an if everybody say if if you do well will you not be accepted he's asking him a question like come on it's rhetorical if you do well don't you know you're going to be accepted you are come on we're working with this right and then and then he says and if everybody say if you do not do well sin is crouching at the door hmm Sin is crouching at the door. Look at this. Its desire is contrary to you, meaning that it's contrary to you. And today I'm here to tell you if you are a new creation in Christ, sin and, and anger is contrary to you. It doesn't fit in you anymore. It doesn't work for you anymore. You are no longer a slave to sin, but you are free in Christ. Amen. And he says, but you must rule over it. It says, contrary to you, and you must rule over it. How? By the power of God and the presence of God. Now, this is the Lord speaking to him, okay? And then look, it says, Cain uh, spoke to Abel, his brother, and then when they, were, uh, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. 
He didn't listen to God's instruction. It didn't phase him. He let anger rule him. And it destroyed his relationship with his family. And it destroyed his relationship with God. And the Bible says Cain was put out of the presence of God. Anger can do that to you and me. It can remove us from the presence of God. You see, anger, we're angry for different reasons. And when our safety, our connection, our empowerment is affected, we have that secondary emotion. We get angry and we lose perspective. Think about it. There's some people who are angry at God for the way life has gone. And they haven't given God credit because if you're lucky, you get, what, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years on earth. But we're eternal. And all we can see is the 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. And so then what happens? We lose a loved one. I know how it feels. I lost my brother. Didn't make any sense. 46 years old. One minute he's here, the next minute he's gone. I could have chose to be angry with God. I chose not to be angry with God. You see, my safety wasn't affected. Now, when my dad died and I didn't know Jesus, I was mad. I was mad at God. I was mad at me. I was mad at everybody. Because my safety was affected. My superhero's dead. The S on his chest had already rusted because of disease. My connection was broken. The one person I felt like loved me, even though I was a terrible, was gone. And empowerment, I felt weak, like I could have been able to do something. When my brother died, it was different. My brother, because I shared Christ with him, is with Jesus. My connection with God is even stronger because I'm going to get to spend all eternity with my brother. Not this few short minutes on earth, these few short years on earth. And I'm empowered by that to live my life in such a way that I see him the same way when David lost a child. And God said to David, he said, listen, your child's not coming back here. But you know to the way the way to where he is, he's with me. And you can spend all eternity with him. Now you can choose to be angry and remove yourself from my presence and never see him again. Or you can choose to trust me and keep your safety, your connection, and your empowerment. It's a struggle. You see, Cain and Abel came down to a difference in worship. A difference in worship. You see, what happened is, is God had already revealed to them the sacrificial system through their, their, uh, their dad, Adam. So they knew that they were to worship God. They were to bring things to God, recognize God's the creator, the life giver. They're supposed to come with joy and gladness in their hearts. So Cain and Abel, they're supposed to bring these sacrifices as God instructed them, but they're supposed to bring them a specific way. And you ask how? Well, Genesis doesn't say, but Hebrews 11 does. Hebrews 11.4, you might want to write that just in the little corner there. Hebrews 11.4 says, by faith, everybody say faith. 
By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. You see, Abel came by faith. Cain came out of obligation. Abel came in relationship. Cain came in religious practice. So when Abel came to worship, it was faith that brought him there in Genesis 4.4. And the Lord looked upon him with favor, and his offering was accepted. But Cain, he brought some of the fruits in Genesis 4.3. But with Cain, his offering for the Lord, he didn't look upon it with favor. And you say, why? Well, I'm glad you asked. Jude answers the question. Jude verse 11 says this. They have taken the way of Cain. Referring to lawless men, this means that Cain disobediently devised his own way of worship and didn't come by faith. He said, I'm going to worship you, God, the way I want to worship you, not the way you want to be worshipped. I'm going to create my own way of worship, and God, you're either going to love it or not love it. You're either going to accept it or you're not going to accept it, but God doesn't play that. You see, we all want to make a God in our own image and worship him and say, if I was God, let me just let you know I'm glad you're not. Because we'd be in a whole heap of trouble. So he comes and, and it says he comes and he, he, he takes the way of lawless men. So Cain's offering was not acceptable. It was acceptable in his own eyes, but not acceptable to the Lord. He was perverting the prescribed way of worship. I'm going to worship you the way I want to. That ain't how God works. And so what happened, so rather than, listen to me now, rather than repent when God corrected him, look at what God says. He says, why are you angry? God's just asking him a question. He got mad because God asked him a question. The same way when you're mad and someone asks you a question, you get madder. He just says, take a minute, breathe. <sighs> you know, do something here. Woosah, do something. Right? Why are you angry? He says, why has your face fallen? And then, he, and then he looks at him, he says, don't you know that if you do well, you're going to be accepted. Our, relation, our connection is good, you're safe, you're connected, you're empowered, don't you know? However, if you don't, sin's crouching at the door. But it's, not, it's contrary to you. It's not who you are. You have to rule over it. And that's the same way with those of us who are believers. You're not perfect, you're being what? So we don't want it to rule over us. It's contrary to us. So the Holy Spirit tells us to change. So why? Why did Cain kill Abel? It was premeditated murder. Anger was the secondary response to his pride, to his jealousy of his brother. You ask why? Well, I'm glad you asked because 1 John has the answer. Imagine that. Scripture interpreting Scripture. We don't even have to make stuff up. We've already heard from Hebrews chapter 11. We've already heard from Jude. And now we're in 1 John chapter 3, verses, uh, uh, verse 12. And he says, because, it says, Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. 
You see, the evil in his heart further revealed even more when God asked Cain afterward, where's your brother? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the truth is, yeah. But look at what he said. I don't know where he is. He lied right there. See, anger will take you to a place of lying. I don't know. Why don't you look for him? Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord's like, yeah, kind of. But the truth of the matter is his blood cries out from the soil. So he reveals his nature. He reveals what's happening in his heart. And you and I have got to keep that in the forefront of our minds. The Lord brought a case on Cain, a curse on Cain, and then he removed him from his presence. Why? Because anger broke his relationship with his family and anger broke his relationship with God. The same way the enemy of our soul wants to break your relationship with God by making you angry at God for things you got no business being angry at God for. And if you're mad about that, why are you angry? I'm going to let it set for a second. You see, the truth of the matter is, number one, anger is a secondary emotion. It's a response to something deep within us. The Lord said, why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. God is telling Cain, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Retrace your steps. Search your heart. Check your motives. Ask yourself, why am I mad? Is it pride? Is it jealousy? Is it loss of control? Are you disappointed in you? Why? That's all, that's all God was asking Cain to do is look at your heart. What's going on? we got to take a breath. And sometimes you and I have to do that. We have to look deep inside and then make an offering with a willing heart and a willing mind that comes by faith and by trusting God, by walking in love. What does the Bible say about prayer? It says that we can make our petitions known to God. And we can get a peace that passes all understanding, guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we need to pray when we're angry. And you can pray angry. You can get all kinds of pray angry. God, I'm here today. I ain't happy. He's like, I know. So why? You see, we need to look deep inside because the real issue is not being addressed until we deal with the anger. What is it? Is it lack of control? What's causing it? He wanted to worship God, but he wanted to worship God his way, not God's way. And so we get mad at God and say, life didn't go the way I thought it should go. And since it didn't go the way I think it should go, I'm mad at you and I'm not talking to you anymore. And now what we do. It's that secondary emotion. The second thing I want you to see is that we all get angry. We just express it differently. If you don't believe me, drive with me. We all get mad different. People can drive like maniacs, and my wife doesn't mind. I don't like it. And then when I try and eyeball them, she's like, okay, Pastor Mike. She's like, what are you going to do if it's one of them? I said, I'm going to be like, 
I knew it was you. Yeah. <laughs> lion, right? Anger leads right to lion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. It's true. We look at this, we express it differently. Anger can be good. We can use it to change the world. We can get angry that there's hungry kids in our city and then do something about it. We can get angry that, that sexual slavery is taking place and we want to see people set free. That's why we're a part of A21 campaign. We can motivate ourselves with anger when it's good, but we cannot become what we don't want to become to stop what shouldn't be. It's contrary to us. It cannot rule over us. And so we have to work towards that. And this is, why the this is why it's absolutely critical that we take our anger to God. Who can handle it? If you don't believe that God can handle anger, you need to read the, uh, uh, the Old Testament. You need to read Psalms. David's like, I want you to take them, and I want you to cut their heads off, and then I want you to stick them on spikes. I want you to do this and that, and God lets him talk. And then after he feels better, he's like, oh, but I love you, Jesus. You're so good. And then 10 minutes later, 10 Psalms later, I can't believe you left me here. Don't you? They're laughing at me. Smite them. Get to smiting. But I love you, and you're good. Let me get my harp out. God can handle it. We have to take it to the Lord. You see, the Holy Spirit can lead us and guide us through our anger, but we must trust God with the outcome. I said we have to trust God with the outcome. See, that's the struggle for us. We don't know how to, how, to, how to trust God with the outcome because we have an idea of what justice looks like. And if justice doesn't go the way we think justice should go, then we're mad at God. So we have to trust God with the outcome and say, God, I'm going to leave them to you. The Bible says, how, how, awful is it for, how awful is it to fall into the hands of a living God? We have to trust him. Not going, get him, get him, get him. But saying, I'm leaving you to Jesus. I'm just going to leave you to him because he's just and he's merciful and he's good and I'm not. So I'm going to leave him right over there with you. Don't try and kill him before they repent. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to kill them before they repent. They ain't getting a chance to go to heaven. I'm just thinking like a human, right? I'm saying what nobody else wants to say, right? I'm going to kill them before they get to repent. I ain't spend eternity with them. Don't do that. How we express anger, though, truly does reveal a lot about our faith and our relationship with God. That's why if you go to, uh, it's Pittsburgh, I believe. Everywhere you go, Mr. Rogers' footprint is there. Everywhere you go, Mr. Rogers. Even his children who said that they didn't understand him then. They loved him, and he was exactly as he said he was. His wife, everybody said, that's who he is. That's who he is. You know why? Because he had a, he had a plan. He'd play those heavy keys if he had to. He'd swim to get that anger out. But most importantly, he prayed by name. For he had a list. 
that he would get on his knees and pray for people, even the people he didn't like. Imagine that. Jesus said, what good is it if you love people that love you? Big deal. Love your enemy. Then you're doing something different. Pray for your enemy. Then you're doing something different. So what's your plan? Do you have creative ways or are you going to kill in anger? Are you going to kill your spouse in anger with your words? Are you going to kill the spirit of your children through angry words? Are you going to kill your coworkers and people that God has put in your life for you to be a witness? Are you going to slay them with your anger? Or are you going to use that anger as a tool to win them to Christ so they can say, that's not what anger looks like. That's contrary. You have something I want. I want to rule over my anger How do you have, and I say it's not a how, it's a who. You just got to rearrange the W and the H. It's not a how, it's a who. And his name is Jesus, and he's right here, right now, ready for you. That's what we start to learn. Are we going to retrace our steps? Take an inventory. Offer the right sacrifice. Get a right heart and a right mind through prayer. Are we going to do those things? These are the questions because God has given us the tools. The last thing I want us to see today is how we respond to anger defines whether it's going to be a force for good or evil. How we respond to anger determines is it going to be good or is it going to be evil? How, how we respond, and James says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to, slow to, slow to, for the anger of man does not produce the of God. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Our response to anger determines the outcome. We can escalate a situation or de-escalate a situation based upon our anger. Think about the last fight you had with your spouse. One of you had a choice to decide to lower it or turn it up. Right? We had that opportunity to lower it or to turn it up. We had that chance. We had that opportunity to apologize, right? Think about that for a second. The way we respond creatively and constructively, it can produce or it can build. We have choices. Think about it. And men and women, we are different in so many different ways. So be mindful. Now, it doesn't fit every single spectrum generalization, but ultimately men need a minute. They need to have time to get a break before they respond because if not, they're going to respond in anger and it's not going to be a good thing. But men, don't be liars. If you say you're going to come back and have the conversation, then have the guts to come back and have the conversation. It's not like that with dudes. We can be mad at each other. Next thing you know, it's time to go fishing. We call each other. We don't want to talk about it. Dude, you want to go fishing? Yep. All right. Where are we getting the bait? We get down and we don't sit there at the dock and say, no, brother, did you want to, um, did you want to, did you want to tell me how you're feeling? Now, when I said this to you, did, how did it make you feel? Can we have this? Let's get face to face here. It ain't happening. We're like, dude, you cool? I'm cool. Yeah, all right. 
Now, ladies are different. They need to know, like my wife. When I'm sorry, I need to tell her why I'm sorry. Sorry is not enough in my household. She wants to know that I know why I'm sorry. She's like, you're sorry. She's like, why? What did you do? Will you ever do it again? Right? So I have to be like, I am sorry for fill in the blank. I will never do it again, but I'm not perfect. I'm being, and she's like, you better stop. <laughs> she can just say sorry. And I'm like, oh, babe, it's good. I'm, but no, not me. I got to sit down. Let's get face to face. And then she's like, when you said this, I felt this way. And I'm like, I'm so sorry that I made you feel this. So it's like a multiple apologies for one apology. You know, it's like a full on. And then I had this. And then I'm like, oh, you know. It's true, though. But it works. 27 years going to be 28 years, right? We're still together. And later on, I'm going to have to say, honey, I'm sorry for using you as an illustration in my sermon. She's going to say, when you did, I felt like everybody was looking at me, and you know I don't like attention, and so on. And I'm going to be like, baby, I'm sorry that I won't do that, but I'm making you preach on the 25th. (laughs) But ultimately, when you think about it, it's communication. We can decide what we're going to do. Are we going to build healthy relationships with God and with people? Or are we going to respond in such a way that what happens is it produces bad and it's destructive and it destroys our relationship with others and it destroys our relationship with God. James says we have to take some time, slow down, breathe, pray about it, think about it, be slow to speak. Cain decided to respond with evil, and it cost him his family and his relationship with God. Anger's an indicator. Anger's good because it tells us something's wrong and something has to be addressed. You can only suppress it so long before it finally gets out. So you may as well just address it, let God deal with it, and then let's move forward as a people. Something has to be addressed even if you don't want to. Some of us are angry with God for this reason, but the truth of the matter is it's a deeper issue. When you lost that loved one or that sickness came or whatever, you lost your safety. And you don't feel safe anymore, and you have to find safe into the arms of God. You have to remember that the the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in, and they're safe. Some of us lost our connection with God because you feel like that he disappointed you or you disappointed him. And you need to find that reconnection with God again so that you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he loves you. That's why, that's why he told Cain, he said, Cain, don't you know? Oh, if you do what's right, you're already accepted. Will you not be accepted? He's like, come on. It's like this morning, some people are thinking, I'm not sure. And God's saying, if you just do what's right, come on, come home, come home, come home, come home. That's the issue. Some of us feel disconnected from our Creator. We feel inadequate to handle the situation, so we become angry at God when things happen that are out of our control. But you don't have to stay there. You can feel safe. You can feel connected. You can feel empowered. How? Through a relationship with Christ. 
The Bible says that anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here, and all those old things are now contrary to you, and you can rule over them. How? By the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in your life, in my life. Are we going to be perfect? No, we're being what? And so that means we're not going to get it right all the time, so we have to work with that with each other. But today you can take control of your life. You can take control of your life. Do you know how? By surrendering control to Jesus. If you surrender control of your life to Jesus, you can take control of your life and no longer be ruled by anger, which is contrary to you because of Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we love you. And God, we thank you so much for your grace, your love, your mercy, and your peace. And God, we're just praying right now that we surrender our anger right where you're at. If you say, God, man, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I want to feel safe. I want to feel connected. I want to feel empowered. And so I'm just, I'm giving it all to you right now. I don't like how this feels. I don't like how this looks. I don't like this. It's contrary to me. Or I want it to be contrary to me. And I want to rule over it. And I know the only way I can do that is through an ongoing relationship with you, Jesus. And then the power and presence of you, Holy Spirit, in my heart and life. If you're here this morning and you say, you know what, man, I need Jesus. I need to be in Christ. And I need the power of the Holy Spirit to help me. If that's you today, will you just slip your hand up high in the air? There's brave, brave hands going up all around the place. Brave hands, yes. I see those brave hands. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys may place your hands down. Everyone within the sound of my voice, we're just going to pray this prayer. Prayer is literally a gift from God to us. And we're just simply speaking from our heart to God. So you just let your heart speak and just say, Jesus, I love you. And Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need to be safe. Jesus, I need to be connected. And Jesus, I need you to empower me. I surrender all of my anger all of these emotions to you. And because I am in you, these things are now contrary to me. So Holy Spirit, lead me and help me to rule over it. I know that I'm not going to be perfect, but I am being perfected and I trust in that. So I will choose not to become angry with myself. Instead, I will choose to take my anger to you. Repent and change. Jesus, you are my life. I surrender control of my life to you. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, that I ask, and I believe. And all God's people said, can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning because he's an amazing God? This has been a, you know,